Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, people in virtually every part of the world, from Alaska to Australia, from Siberia to South America, yes, people from all around the globe observe some kind of annual harvest festival or a more general festival of thanksgiving. Back in Bible times, both Pentecost, which was in the spring, and Sukkoth, which was in the fall, were, were such festivals. Contrary to popular belief, the idea of a thanksgiving observance, well, it did not originate with the pilgrims. Today's celebrations, though, whether they be civic ones or religious ones, are intended to mark the completion of the annual cycle of seed time and harvest. In reality, however, the focus in our, well, our modern American culture is often, well, less about agriculture and more about, well, a long weekend overeating, and of course, kicking off the big Christmas shopping season. But you know, my friends, as we consider the daily news reports from around the world of things like terrorism, war, natural disasters, and so forth, it is important for us to realize, as, as we are doing in this worship service this evening, how much we have for which to give thanks. Of course, not everyone in our community, as well as even right here in this congregation, has necessarily had a good year. It probably goes without saying, but life is not a constant barrage of blessings. No, in fact, we, we also encounter in life a good share of setbacks and disappointments. The Bible teaches us that the human race, as well as the, the world in which we live, is, well, a fallen race and a fallen world. And so consequently, none here among us is without the, the hurts and the scars of sin. So, how do our individual fortunes, whether they be good or bad, how do they fit with this whole concept of thanksgiving? Well, the truth is, both the good times as well as the bad ones should really have the same effect upon us. For you see, both should make us realize our total dependence upon God. Why? Well, because not only is God the source of all that is good, certainly, in our lives, but friends, even more so, He is also the only hope and salvation against all that is bad that we encounter in this life. Therefore, Thanksgiving is not just about sitting around the dinner table and counting all of our earthly blessings. 
No, true thanksgiving looks beyond the earthly things and recognizes that what really matters most is our eternal relationship with God, who truly is our help in ages past and our hope for things and years to come. Hey, that, by the way, is something that the man in our parable that we heard here in our gospel reading clearly did not understand. You recall the opening words of Jesus' parable uh, simply stated, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. That story, of course, could be retold in different ways, more modern ways, if you will, and it could easily apply to us and be our story. For instance, we find a good job. We get a new car. We buy a new house. We receive a big bonus from our employer. We make wise investments. You might say our ground produces a good crop. And yet, unfortunately, those blessings do not always lead us to be content and thankful. I find it's a lot like eating salty food. You know, the more you eat salty food, it seems like the more you tend to want. Well, so, too, the more possessions we tend to have, the more we, we seem to want even more of them. You know how it is. We think often, if I just had just a little bigger income, if I just had a, a little more leisure time, if I just had a, a little better health, why then, then I would be satisfied. Hey, did you notice how the rich man in this parable also needed more? More, what, granaries for his harvest. Hey, but it was a problem that he knew how to solve, or so he thought. He says, I will tear down my barns and I'll, I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. Lucky him, right? He's got more blessings than he knows what to do with. Hey, but what's wrong with that? I mean, don't many of us find ourselves in that same situation? I mean, what's wrong with a, a good job? What's wrong with a, a nice house, a fancy car? What's wrong with a, a well-invested portfolio? A comfortable pension. What's wrong with money in the bank? For that matter, what's wrong with being well off? Well, really, nothing. Not in and of itself. You know, sometimes we, we speak of this story as the parable of the rich fool. However, my friends, this man in this parable wasn't a fool for being rich. 
No, in fact, he probably was uh, pretty wise in, in that regard. He was probably a very good farmer as well as a shrewd businessman. In this case, the man was a fool, not because he was rich, but because of the wrong conclusions he drew from being rich, as well as the, the foolish way in which he used his riches. But you know what really demonstrated this man's foolishness? is how in spite of all his financial ability and foresight and planning, he forgot to consider the most important reality of all. That reality was brought home to him when God said to him, you fool, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded of you then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? You see, my friends, this man did not understand that his riches had no lasting value. They were, you might say, a temporary blessing. Sooner or later, they would be taken away from him, or as it were, he would be taken away from them. Furthermore, contrary to the rich man's thinking, these possessions were, well, they were really not his own. Even though he may have thought they were his, it's interesting to look at the pronouns in the man's speech. He says, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my grain and my goods, and I will say to myself. Pretty self-assured, wasn't he? You know, it's so easy for us to talk and think that same way, isn't it? My job, my house, my car, my money. But friends, are they really ours? The fact is, even the best farmer, even the very best farmer cannot cause seed to germinate, cannot cause the rain to fall, cannot cause the sun to shine. Ultimately, it all comes from the Lord, doesn't it? So, too, all of our blessings are ours. They're ours only in the sense that God has entrusted them to us and has given us the privilege and the responsibility to use and manage them for a while here in this life. Hey, think of it this way, a bank teller, a bank teller might handle thousands of dollars a day. But if she tried to make any of that money her own, why, she would be an embezzler. This rich man, assuming he would never, never have to give an account for his greed and covetousness, was actually embezzling the gifts which God had entrusted to his care. 
his attitude was one of thinking it was all his to do with how he ever, how he determined what was best. For him, there was no accountability, certainly no humility, and no thanksgiving. No wonder God's judgment on the man is so harsh as it is, even though there's a bit of irony in it. Did, did you catch, by the way, the irony there? It's as if God said to this man, okay, you like to talk about yourself with this, you know, I did this and I did that, that self-boasting of yours? Okay, let's talk about you. You're a fool. Not because you've got a good crop. Not even because you, you plan to build bigger barns. No, buddy, you're a fool because you did not plan enough. You see, my friends, in all of his planning, this man failed to plan for the most important harvest of all, the most important reality of all, and that is death. Death is that great equalizer, isn't it? It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or somewhere in between. As the Bible says, every man, every person is destined to die. And after that, face the judgment. You know, very few people today, at least in our society, are buried in a shroud, are they? No, usually when people are buried here in our culture, they're buried in their best suit or their favorite dress. But you know, in earlier times, the use of a burial shroud was not unusual. In fact, it was quite common. Quite common because, you know, there is one thing burial shrouds lack. You see, they have no pockets. And for good reason. Because as the Bible says, we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of it. Friends, maybe the ancients knew something that we have forgotten in our time, and that is someday you are going to meet your maker, and it will not matter how rich or poor you were in this life. Ah, but what will matter, what will matter is if your debt to God for all of your wrongs, all of your sins that you have committed, has been paid for. That is what will matter. And because money and possessions are only temporary, they will be of no help. But the good news is, the good news is God has given us something that is not temporary. Yes, he has given us something that is eternal, something that will last forever. And more importantly, something that is free to all. No matter how rich or poor, no matter how healthy or sick, no matter how on top of the world or down in the dumps you may be. Of course, that's something that God gives freely 
is life and salvation in his son Jesus Christ. Yes, my friends, we have a priceless treasure in Christ Jesus. For he purchased and won you and me from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. Yes, there is much to be thankful for. So much. Family, friends, health, safety, food, house, material riches, and yeah, that list just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? And at the same time, there are certainly those dreadful things we encounter in this fallen world that may make the holidays difficult for us. But whether life is good or bad, or as often is the case, you know, somewhere in between of those things, dear friends, true thanksgiving is one where we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, whose death and resurrection guarantees us the greatest blessing of all, forgiveness and salvation. A blessing that is ours both now and forever. And for that, we can truly be thankful. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ our Savior. Amen.